welcome back to One on One. My name is Daniel Lasoto. I hope you're doing well. I'd like to begin by thanking all of you who are subscribed to The Pick and Roll. We really appreciate your support of our work and Aussie Hoops. Today, I'm speaking with Angus Brandt and Reese Vague, who join us today from Japan. Angus and Reese are both former NBL champions with the Perth Wildcats and now each play key roles for the 12 and 5 Kagawa Five Arrows in the Japanese B2 League. So thanks for coming on, guys. You both found yourselves earning a bulk of minutes and usage for a side with the equal second best record in your conference. How would you each evaluate the strength of the season so far? Yeah, it's been a really good season so far because uh, this is my second year with the team and last year missing playoffs for us to come out this season and, and play how we have, especially with the addition of, of Angus has been great. So um, a goal of, like, obviously we want to be promoted to B1 and to do that, we need to, to win lots of games. So it's a good start. Yeah, the team narrowly missed playoffs last year. And so with me coming in and joining uh, Reese and then our import, um, Terence Woodbury, and as well as a pretty strong returning unit from the Japanese guys as well. I just tried to come in and try and fit into what they were doing and, you know, bring my my game. And, you know, the goal is, like Reese said, to, to try and make playoffs and then from there win the championship and get promoted. So, um, yeah, it's a, we're off to a good start. But, um, you know, as we said, it's a, it's a long season, so we can't rest on on what we've done so far. Yeah, definitely. Reese. I want to talk to you for a second about that first season in Kagawa because as you alluded to, you know, below 500 season, you know, pretty fairly off the pace of the best sides in the comp. You previously played your whole professional career in either Australia or New Zealand. So what were some of the challenges for you in adjusting to a new culture off the court and, of course, on the court? What was that like for you? Yeah, on the court isn't too bad. Like the basketball is actually, apart from having um, different size players, I find that the basketball is pretty similar. But off the court, adjusting to living so far away in, uh, in crazy times with COVID pretty rampant last year was quite tough. I was almost like stripped of my security blanket and away from living home at home in New Zealand. It was good though. The baptism by fire helped me a lot. I feel because this year it's I'm far more comfortable in my surroundings, and and that's obviously in part having Angus here as well. But but I was actually lucky to have Paulie Paul Hanare there last year, so too. So it's really been a good situation for me coming out, and, and I've been really lucky. Yeah, Angus, obviously you're new to this Kagawa team, but you're not new to Japanese basketball. Last year playing with um, the Shiga Lake Stars. What attracted you to coming to this side and, I guess, uniting with Reese in the Japanese league? Yeah, yeah. Obviously with uh, Shiga and uh, Sean Dennis last year in, in the B1. Um, and then in the off-season, you know, I made it pretty clear to my agent I wanted to come back to Japan. I, I came over here last year um, sort of not knowing what to expect in a way. And, um, you know, initially... I was looking to go back to Europe, but COVID sort of was, was rampant there and a lot of the team budgets took a massive hit and, and things just weren't that certain over there. And, I, you know, Japan just ultimately was the best choice. But then, um, yeah, this year, making the choice to come out to Cairo was, yeah, it was a pretty easy one in the end. I mean, they approached me um, and then, you know, knowing that Reese was here um, was a massive bonus for me. So I immediately gave him a call, asked him what it was like at the club and he said nothing but good things about, about Kagura and said, you know, what their goals were, you know, the disappointments from last season. And, you know, he really felt like I could come in and be a massive uh, part of this team and be a big help to what they were trying to achieve. So, you know, I can only 
echo what Reese has said that, you know, I feel a lot more comfortable in Japan this year, not only from just being in the same country for a second year, but also having Reese here. Made things a lot easier, you know, rocking up to practice, seeing a, seeing a familiar face, you know, and, um, you know, spent a lot of time together off the court. And yeah, so, so far it's been a great experience here. Just before we go any further, can you sort of tell the Australian audience what Japanese basketball is all about? Because from my experience, it's very quick. You know, I think it relies on a bit of um, pace more than perhaps other factors. What, what for you is Japanese basketball like in comparison to like perhaps the Australian or American market? Yeah, it's pretty quick. Um, yeah, obviously, obviously Japanese players over here are usually leaning towards the smaller side. So um, yeah, lots of guards, lots of very quick players. You know, so it's a lot of run and gun. I'd say it's different to Australian basketball in, in the sense that Australia really started leaning on the analytics side of things with, you know, really want either three-point shots or in the key. Here in Japan, they, they don't really abide by that rule as heavily and there's a lot of very, very talented mid-range shooters. And so, you know, the idea of living with the 15-foot jump shot that some coaches abide by in Australia doesn't really work here because these guys, if you let them shoot 15 foot jump shots all night, they'll, you know, they'll go off 25 or 30. So that's a, that was a bit of a difference for me uh, getting used to. And then, you know, I think the other thing was from our perspective coming in is trying to get the guys to just slow down just a second, and, you know, get the timing on the, on the plays a little bit better because, you know, we found that, you know, locals tend to play pretty quick and can, can turn into a bit of a jumble if, if um, you know, trying to slow it down just a little bit so it's, it's been fun trying to mesh our style of basketball with theirs and angus reese said before that coming to japan last year obviously that was like security blanket gone so i suppose a bit risky in a sense for you i know you've played in europe and in different countries before what was it like for you coming to japan and what were some of the challenges you had to overcome yeah like i've been i was in italy the year before so um you know i guess the some of the learning experiences of being overseas, playing as an import, um, wasn't new to me. But, um, you know, I think just Japan, Japan is a very unique country to live in. Um, you know, they're very, they do things their own way, for better or worse. And so there's some fun things that come with moving to Japan and learning how to navigate life over here. So that was fun last year. But, you know, I'm, I'm very fortunate that um, my wife has come with me to Italy. She's, come, she's with me in Japan here. So, you know, when Reese talks about not having the security blanket, for me, life's been a lot easier because I've got her with me. You know, I have someone at home with me, you know, so, you know, you hear about guys playing abroad and they're on their own. There's a lot of time spending your apartment on your own. So I'm very lucky to have her with me and not really experience that. And then last year, you know, I was very fortunate to have Sean Dennis as my coach. So, you know, immediately had that Australian connection right there. So it's a lot of familiarities between our coaching and our training sessions as to what I've experienced in Australia. So, you know, ultimately when I got here, it was a quite a smooth transition and I quickly felt at home here. And like I said, you know, I made it very clear to my agent pretty early on that, you know, I wanted to come back here. Yeah. You mentioned Sean Dennis, obviously this Asian market has just in the past couple of years been growing with the Australian influence as guys like Nick Kay, of course, moving to Japan after playing in Spain last year and then even his Olympic debut with the Boomers. Coaches like Brendan Joyce, I already mentioned, Andre Lamanis coming to Japan, and then, of course, Sean Dennis. For you two, have you noticed any embrace or particular embrace of Australian basketball in the Japanese basketball scene throughout your careers? And now, obviously, being in Japan and being in the thick of it, 
Why do you think that the Asian market continues to attract Australians to its shores? I think it's slowly, like Australian culture in, in general is slowly starting to grow in Japan a little bit. And the first thing I, like, I hadn't really noticed too much of it until the other day when Nick came over to watch one of my games and all of our teammates were like, oh my gosh, that's Nick K in the crowd. Like, like what the hell's going on? Like, they were shocked. And that kind of took me a bit by surprise because, like, I know, obviously, in Australia, Nick's well-known, but I didn't realise he's that well-known over here yet. So, yeah, that was pretty much the first time I've really experienced that. But um, as a whole, Australian culture definitely is growing. People, like, whether it's, like, produce over here, you see in the supermarkets, there's a lot of Australian produce, like, the slang that people try and use when they talk to us and all that sort of stuff. So, yeah, it's definitely starting to grow. Yeah, that's awesome. And Reese Angus mentioned that in Japan, they like to do things their own way and have a certain way of living. Is there anything for you that's been a bit of a culture shock or anything surprising in your year or two here? There would be thousands, but (laughs) yeah, it took a little while to get used to the driving over here. It's on the same side of the road, which is great, but there are certain things that they do that I'm not too fond of and still are not too fond of. The no shoes inside policy, like, Everywhere you go, pretty much, that's a communal space. It's not a supermarket. It's been was a bit of a shock and uh, took me a little while to get used to just taking my shoes off. But I think that's a good one because it's made my apartment a whole lot cleaner. And, yeah, there's, I'm sure there's a lot more, but those are the two I can really get off the top of my head. I think I have to ask, what's, what's the driving about? Is there certain road rage issues which need to be addressed? If the speed limit is a certain number that, like, they'll go 10 kilometers under it and they'll turn without indicating a lot of the time and, yeah, it's just the whole thing. It's like, it's not one thing, but they are very, we'll say they're far more safe drivers than we are, but not at the same time. That's interesting. Okay, so the slower get more reckless is what you're trying to say. <laughs> Reckless is the word I'd use because I don't want to get in trouble, but, uh, <laughs> but no, there, yeah. It just it took a little while to get used to, but I'm slowly getting there. Okay, it's good to hear. I was going to ask about living in Japan just in the last, you know, six or 12 months because three or four months ago, the whole world was on Japan with Tokyo Olympics and Paralympics. There's been a lot of turmoil in the, in the government. There's been an election last month, I believe it was. And in that one, the Japanese prime minister stepped down. For you both, I know that you travel in and out, in and out of Japan with the seasons, but was it rather distressing for you seeing all this protest and division in Japan ahead of the Olympics? And have you noticed it calm down, I suppose, in the last few months at all? Oh, not really. <laughs> to be honest with you, mate, it's pretty hard to keep track of what's going on with politics in, when you're living in Japan because there's no way we can watch the news or read the newspaper because it's all in Japanese, obviously. So honestly, what you were just talking about was news to us. Um, <laughs> um, but, you know, obviously, obviously we, we were aware of the, you know, obviously going, everything going on with the Olympics and, you know, the fact that they weren't crowds. And, you know, I was aware that there was a, a little bit of um, unhappiness around the Olympics going ahead in Japan. And I worried about, you know, COVID and all the rest of it. But, yeah, I mean, in terms of me personally coming to Japan and being worried about stuff, not at all. I mean, for, for me, you know, we were able to navigate a full season last year. B1 and B2 were able to crown champions. So I knew coming to this year, I was fairly confident that, you know, the season would go ahead pretty uh, uninterrupted since, you know, vaccination rates were on the rise. Um, you know, COVID was 
calming down a little bit. So, you know, as long as I was able to get into the country and start start playing, I wasn't too stressed about it. And are restrictions more or less back to normal now? Like, is it? I, sh- I assume it's mask wearing and that sort of thing. But what's what's day to day life like where you guys are? It hasn't really changed too much at all. Like, regardless of the scale, it's all, they're always very vigilant with wearing their masks and social dis- uh, social distancing where they can. But it's tough over here because everything's so jam packed. Like, there's not much square space for for each person. Um, so, generally the mask wearing and, and the restaurants being shut early is the main thing. But other than that, there hasn't been too many restrictions. The biggest thing I've seen is around like health centers and stuff. So my, my wife's pregnant, so we've been going to the hospital and, and checkups and everything. And so the hospitals right now, you can't enter if you've been outside of the prefecture in the last two weeks. So, um, and then the clinics were, were similar. Well, I couldn't go into the appointment room with my wife. Um, but that's since changed so that things are starting to, to to scale back and open up a bit more you know like I was at the movies with my wife and they've removed the barriers between each seat so you can you know you can sit right next to each other now at the movies so slowly but surely things are starting to scale back but I think it's probably a case to watch this space with that new variant coming out so we'll see how we go don't get me started under the new variant Sydney had two positive cases yesterday so it's too close yeah. too close to comfort <laughs> anyway we'll move on from that Reese. i want to talk to you about your passion for photography away from the court because i've seen on your instagram you have you know many different photos of you know different japanese architecture just different places i'm sure that you've experienced is that a passion something which has grown since moving away from home and moving to these different places or is it something that you've always sort of held no absolutely it's a new passion of mine i i picked up photography just as as something to do in in New Zealand when I was playing for Hawke's Bay because there's such beautiful scenery over there I just like thought I just had to do something about it and and capture it but the more I did it the more I began to love it and now it's my favorite thing to do I go wherever I go I take my camera with me yeah it's it's grown to a passion of mine now and when I think about it think about down the line when I'm retired from basketball, I want to be able to show my kids and their kids what I've done, like where I've been and all that sort of stuff. So it's definitely a big part of that. And, and funny enough you say that, because when I got here, when I was in New Zealand, I was one of my mates was a photographer. And I get here and I find out Angus loves photography too. So we've been going out taking photos together and, and just having a good time. So which is pretty good. So I can keep the hobby alive. Is there any place in japan particularly that you like taking photos or you think's best photogenic oh, well definitely like mount yashima over here angus and i've been there multiple times but takamatsu is a relatively small city so there aren't too many things to do so i take it on the road but definitely in takamatsu mount yashima is a beautiful place and, and the sunset there is it's gorgeous and we get a lot of good shots there we're pretty spoiled in where we are. We're actually on an island over here, so it's we got a lot of water around us. And um, looking out in the water, there's all these little little islands. And as we said, as the sun's setting, it's pretty pretty stunning. Yeah, and Angus, for you, because this is new information to me. When did photography become a passion for you? The exact same as Reese is when right before I moved over to to Plain Hawks Bay. I was moving over there with my wife, and we were saying, "Geez, New Zealand's a pretty picturesque place. Maybe we can get it." a proper camera to 
take pictures of it. So we, yeah, got a good camera right before we went to Hawke's Bay and that's kind of where my hobby started as well. So, um, yeah, started over there and then, yeah, not long after that's when I went to Italy and started playing overseas a lot more. So it was kind of a good timing for me. And, um, yeah, similar to race, I just really, really enjoy it. And, you know, it's something that when I finish playing, I'll be able to, I'll be able to look back at all the pictures I've taken and maybe put them into a book form or, frame someone and put them on the walls and, you know, just be something that I can, you know, look at the pictures and remember, remember some of the times I had in those places. Yeah. And for you, Angus, especially, I know you've played all over the world at this stage. It seems, is it something that you take as quite a privilege to travel the world while doing your job? Oh, mate, yeah, it's unbelievable. I have to pinch myself sometimes. Just, um, you know, when I finished college, I, that was something I wanted to do was play around the world and live in different countries and you, basketball as that you know means to do that and uh reese my wife and i were getting coffee the other day and we're just you know we're walking down the street and i think my wife was like geez like would you ever think like us three would be walking down the street in japan and so it's kind of those moments you, you know you're working a job over here and you know life becomes normal and you get into a routine but then every once in a while you sort of just you sort of have to look up and realize that you're living in Japan and, you know, I'm here with Reese and, you know, I never thought that we'd be playing together in Japan of all places. So yeah, I'm very, very fortunate. And um, you know, hopefully, hopefully I've got a few more years playing overseas left to me. So yeah, we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> I do want to finish by looking ahead to both of your futures. I know Reese, you're a bit younger than Angus. So I guess maybe even a bit more um, years in the tank perhaps, but by now it seems that, yeah, sorry, Angus, but by now it seems that you've both, become settled playing in Asia and playing good basketball. But is it a goal for either of you to push on to new leagues, whether that be back into Europe for you, Angus, or staying in Asia or even going back to Australia? For me, I don't want to rule anything out for sure. Like I would love to play, continue playing Japan and, and have a career here, but also the enticement of playing in, in Europe is there too because um, I've been able to get I don't know how much help it is now, but I've been able to get my British passport. So whether that can help me play as a local in some countries, that would be great. So, um, and even come back to Australia, like I really don't want to rule anything out. I haven't thought too far ahead, but I'm sure wherever I play in the world, I'm going to be happy. Like it's just a great situation for me to be able to play professional basketball as a job. So as long as I can do that, I'll do that. Yeah, obviously, um, yeah, a little bit older than Reese, so maybe not as many years left. But uh, no, I mean, I've been fortunate to be able to play overseas and, you know, playing in a whole bunch of different countries, which has been great. So, I mean, like Reese said, though, at this stage, I'm, you know, I'm not not ruling anything out and casting a wide net, you know, every off-season, as, you know, my agent and I like to say. And so we look at every, you know, opportunity as it comes and evaluate it on its merit. And so, you know, saying that, if, I think like similar to Reese, I'd probably like to stay in Japan for, for a season or two longer. And, you know, whether I finish up my career in Australia or, or in Japan really just depends on, you know, I guess where my body's at, whether teams want to uh, offer me a contract or not. But, um, you know, I think, I think playing in Australia for the last couple of years of my career would be something I'd like to do. But, you know, like I said, not really locking myself into any specific uh, category or any, not making any promises uh, to anyone at this point. Yeah, exactly. Just going with the flow. I want to ask you, Angus, just quickly, you know, I've spoken to different players who've gone up to Europe and there's a pretty common theme of a bit of a culture shock, you know, maybe coming out of college and not knowing the language, the team not caring about you much. 
I know you, you've been for your wife, which is, you know, must be so fantastic being in these different countries, but do you find that in Japan or in Asia for that matter, that they're a bit more welcoming towards foreigners or what, what's that been like for you? I personally, I love going to Italy and playing, you know, why wouldn't you? You're living in Italy playing basketball. So I had a great time over there and my wife and I still say that our time in Italy got cut short. We weren't ready to leave yet and, you know, got cut short because of COVID. But yeah, it is a little bit of a cult shock. You go from, you know, you're doing two days and weights and yeah, there is an element of, yeah, you sort of do become a, a number on a spreadsheet to a degree. But, but I mean, that's at the end of the day, that's basketball. It's a business at the end of the day. So, you know, you just have to become a professional and look after yourself and, you know, do everything that a professional athlete, you know, needs to do to to stay successful and stay a professional basketball player. But um, oh, I've enjoyed it. I've, I love playing basketball for a living. I'm very lucky. I know there's thousands, if not, you know, hundreds of thousands of people out there that would kill to be in the position that Reese and I are in. So, you know, I try to keep that at the forefront of my mind and remind myself you know, pretty frequently how lucky I am. And that's one of the, you know, one of the best jobs in the world. Great. Well, that's all the questions I had for you both. Thanks again for your time with this and all the best for the rest of the season, guys. Really appreciate it. Oh, thank you. No worries, mate. Well, I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, please consider subscribing to the Pick and Roll and give us a follow on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Pick and Roll AU. Also, please have a browse of the Pick and Roll's online store. We have all kinds of shirts, hoodies, and mugs that you can buy to represent Aussie hoops wherever you may be. I'll see you next time on One on One. Oh,